In this episode of The Interface, I sit down with Braden Ishaw, the new engineering director for Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney, New York. Braden has been with Amphenol for almost 10 years and spent the last three years in Pasadena, California, running the AMAO Design Engineering Center. We talk about the excitement of the challenge before him, coming up to speed on so many product lines. We talk about the experience of starting up the engineering center and all of the roles he needed to fulfill while he was there. We talk about his time at Alden and working in the medical devices industry. We talk about being born and raised in Minnesota, a land of 10,000 lakes. And we judge his selections for Desert Island music, book, and movie. This is The Interface. Luckily, I was listening to podcasts earlier this this week on the plane and stuff, so I got a little bit of... I know where you've gone, at least recently, with them, so... Okay, so you're you're caught up. You're kind you're of. In well, I listened two. to the Alden ones, because those were... Oh, yeah, uh, because you had, a, yeah, you had yeah. a personal interest in that. Yeah. So it's it's good, uh, Braden, to have finally one face-to-face. It's been a while. So yeah. I think we're I'm pretty sure we're six feet apart. If we sound a little awkward, it's because we do have masks on. We're being uh, COVID safe here, uh, coronavirus safe. But you are now part of um, Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney, New York. And I know you have a plant behind you, <laughs> excuse me, a fake plant. So if you need to move. I'll move a little bit. I was like, who's touching me? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so you're now part of Amphenol Aerospace. So we'll just start in current day here mm-hmm. and that you just assumed a new role of director of engineering for uh, Amphenol Aerospace, yep. part of the military and aerospace group. What has that been like for you so far? Oh man, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. I mean, it's, it's been nice over the last three years. I've helped me prepare for this understanding products, people, and working right. a lot with the AAO team, but, and it's been great to have Rich there right by my side and, and helping me along. And, uh, the team, I've learned that the team is great and I've got to know the team a lot better, which is awesome. And they've all been very helpful. It's just a lot of stuff coming in, right? You don't really understand the scope of it until you're inside the business, but the day to day is is a lot of lines coming on and tracking and then working with the engineers to make sure they come off. And then you've got the, the quality yeah. um, issues that come from the floor, from the customers that you have to get involved in. And then you've got the R and D, the, you know, the true R and D stuff, the design, the innovation. So it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. And a lot of it actually is just getting to know the people that you need to, to work with and help with and where to look for all the stuff that that's coming in. But I, I'm getting better. I'm getting a little bit more up to speed now and, I think over the next month it'll be, it'll it'll feel a lot easier. But it's a lot easier being in the office and being able to just stop over by someone's desk and sure. ask them rather than try to get a hold of them via Zoom or whatever. So yeah, I we've talked about this with other people too. And in, in this new role, whether it's you know you're going to a GM to a new division or director of engineering, um, even though you were part of this kind of in the outside looking in mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, now you're completely immersed and it's. And it's similar to drinking from a fire hose, right. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just don't know where it's coming from a lot yeah. of the time too. Multiple fire hoses sometimes. But yeah. And it's a lot different than uh where I was at Amphenol Alden. I was the director of engineering there for four years and and that was my my first role like that. And that was a it was much different because that was all engineering centric, I guess mm-hmm. I'd say. This is Whereas all the tasks I was working on were mainly related to new designs and innovations with customers. So it was less of the sustaining or the, um, of the ops driven side, which this is, this business is very ops driven, right? The Mm -hmm. orders come in, they're, 
the same but different than what we've had before and we need to set those up on the engineering side that's a bulk of the work here where that was not as much of the work at the alden so every line that i knew was coming in at Alden, i already knew about it for yeah. months or years whereas these ones just come in randomly right and so it's it's you have to be a little bit more on your toes, on your feet, as far as you don't have time to plan these things up front. They come in, and then you just got to execute against it. So it's a lot more execution, ops-driven base, uh, a business so far. And um, but we're trying to work on the innovation and R and D development at the same time, and bring that back up to to what where we want it to be. I yeah. guess and Rich's new role as he's transitioned is is a lot based on that. Yeah, we're talking about Rich Selfridge, who was the now the previous director of engineering. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, from uh, Amphenol Aerospace and now moving off into a bit of a different role as well. Yeah. But just thinking about incredible, it's a very broad range of products that are just done here right. that you are ultimately responsible for from an engineering standpoint. Yep. What are the product series that you feel pretty comfortable with? And what are the ones where you go, <laughs> man, I have a lot to learn. Here. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, core products, that's what I've been mainly dealed in in the circular. So mm -hmm. the 3 9 and the 2M, those are the, those are the questions I got a lot about in Pasadena from mm -hmm. customers. And so I'm pretty familiar with those. The ones that I'm getting up to speed on, and I have to get up to speed quickly because we have some uh, customer calls on, on some of these coming up, but the LRM, yeah. the Gen X versus the staggered grid versus the other options and varieties that I get the the lesson from Bob Chapman, our senior design engineer on those. Yeah. Um, that's the ones where I need to get up to speed because they're very complex. Uh, there's a lot that goes into them and they're very tight tolerance parts with special manufacturing practices. And, and you really need to know the whole history, which Bob thankfully has to get us up to speed on a lot of those things and, and work through some of the opportunities on them. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like a, you couldn't even remotely call it an apples to apples thing with uh -uh. some of those products. It's more like apples and giraffes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's incredibly different between yep. between those two product lines. Just and that's just two examples yep. of many that are just within these four walls. So, you know, you said that you uh, came from Pasadena. Mm -hmm. uh, so just explain what you were doing in Pasadena. Pasadena, California, yeah. for those of you yeah. who, who may think maybe there's Rose Pasadena, Idaho. Yeah. Um, so you were in Pasadena as part of the AMAO group. What was your role there before yeah. you came here? Well, it was a very unique role and one that was that was a great learning experience into a new market, into military and aerospace. But initially, it was the setup uh, working with Hubert Samalay, who's a director of business development for the group, um, on starting up the office. He had done a lot of the legwork and and then pulled me in at the end to to really be the first person that's sitting in the office, mm -hmm. get it set up, and then start gathering some talent from around the area and get some engineers on board. And really the goal was to get some talent on our teams that from a different area of the country that there's a lot of connector companies in the area that yeah. we could uh, hopefully pull from. Um, so that was one, but the big thing was to get close to our West Coast customers because right. traditionally in the Mill Arrow, we're a East Coast based yeah. co company. And so being on the same time zone has its advantages, being able to get there next day rather than you know scheduling a flight for next week or two weeks mm -hmm. has a lot of advantages. And, and it really gets to the core of focusing on customer reaction, really. Our competitors are really good out there about uh, responding to customers with drawings, models, part numbers in you know, two, three days. And, right. and that's kind of what the baseline of what we wanted to get to because we have so many advantages on our operational and our products and breadth of knowledge that you know, really if we can match some of that um, reactionary, time to get to get the customers what they need it, there's no real reason to go elsewhere and, mm -hmm. and amphenol is is 
is the main choice then for those customers. And so we've made a lot of headway with a lot of big customers out there, I think over the three years that we were there. And now we have, before I left, we had 10 people in the, in the office. So 10 people over the three years I was there, starting with myself and mm-hmm. then growing, uh, growing on. So now it's being handed off and in good hands mm-hmm. and, uh, they're, they're definitely going to continue that mission. What did you notice as far as the difference from when you first started? How much of an improvement do you think it made in, let's just talk about those customer relationships first Mm -hmm. uh, while you were there during your three years? Yeah. And, you know, it made quite a bit. I mean, there was one customer specifically, we were essentially on the no fly list, like, no, don't work with them type of thing. Mm -hmm. And a big customer, big potential customer, I guess. And after the two, three years, and not just obviously myself or the team there, but coordination across our different divisions, but having those local resources for engineers that they can reach out to when they need something. Um, now they're a, you know, a, ver- a fairly large customers of others. There's not just right. peanuts coming in and it's, yeah. it's year over year business and new developments. And they reach out for us any new connector that they need. Mm-hmm. They reach out and, and ask us if we have something currently or if we'd be willing to help you know, put a proposal together to develop it. And so it's come a long ways with that specific customer. And there's, there's a number of stories like that. But it also was the coordination with the sales team and working directly with them to, right. to have them feel like they have somebody to go to to ask these technical questions and instead of throwing it across the country and with people that are handling questions from the rest of the country and the world, right? Yeah. So it's more of a focus for them and they, they were able to get questions answered quickly and they didn't they didn't feel the onus of trying to bother someone every day on the east coast right we we were there for them already so you moved out there you start day one and you're there in essence by yourself (laughs) what was that like when you walked in that first day and we had an office and it's right in downtown pasadena and you kind of go okay um what do i do (laughs) and yeah and it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I knew the baseline goal mission, right? right but right, right. the day to day to get that started, I, yeah. I mean, that was new to me. Yeah. And so you had to learn those things. And Amphenol is great in, in getting people to learn those things of themselves. There's always the resources to reach out to and ask, but you know, a lot of it is on onus on you to start that. But it was actually, yeah, we had the office, we had the space, but mm-hmm. we didn't have any furniture. Yeah. Um, so I had to go through the ordering process, which was which is unique. I, I got a couple things from Home Depot, like a fridge and microwave and had those installed and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then it was getting into, okay, where do we start on the recruiting prospect mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it? And uh, we had some great resources at headquarters and, and with the AO team and other that I was able to leverage and start um, you know focusing on getting some people in. But it was really, I think, three people we hired in May. And so I was there from middle of April and we'd already started a lot of the process, but, uh, but going out there and getting the furniture in, having coordinated that install and then trying to get people to, to come on. And it was, it was like, what did I, a little bit of like, what did I get myself into? I'm like here on an Island type mm-hmm. of thing. But once we got the first person on board and, and then shortly after that, a couple more people, it, it started to feel, uh, like the real collaboration center that we were hoping. Cause the other part of it that I guess I didn't touch on was that the engineers we were hiring were, were not just for AAO, right? This is right. an AMAO-wide right. uh, business. So it, it was trying to represent at least everything North America-wise mm-hmm. um, for uh, Amphenol Military and Aerospace, which is, I don't know, somewhere 15, 20 divisions type of thing. And so we were hiring engineers for different divisions. We had AAO, we had Amphenol Canada, we had PCD. Right. And so 
getting those people on board, it really felt then like kind of we were a team and we were ready to go. It's kind of a turning point at some point where you get enough people on board where you feel like you get some momentum yeah. on it. And uh, some of the competitors in the area started hearing about us and the customers in the area started hearing about us. And so that probably took a good six months to feel like that. But mm-hmm. but the office is great. I mean, the Pasadena is great. Yeah. California, moving out to California was great. So it was it was a wild ride, but it, it, it and in the end, after, you know, for six months, it started to feel normal again. Yeah, so you go from uh, Pasadena, California to Sydney, <laughs> New York. <laughs> uh, the, the one good thing is the cost of living is probably a little it's, bit it's, less. It's different, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, radically different places. But outside of the the, the technical aspect mm-hmm. of it and and uh, and all that as far as working in Pasadena, what what impression did you leave from it? Like, what are your, your fondest memories or what do you think you learned the most doing that? Was it... Was it and literally starting something up from almost scratch, yeah. and was that? Uh, it sounds yeah, it like was that a lot was a of, big challenge. The coordination of starting yeah. from scratch was was big, and and just the different. I mean, I'm used to doing a lot of different kind of roles, but usually it's focused within one subset, right? Of right. Like engineering, but this was like everything: building management, working with the office management to coordinate, getting you know just simple things like a key card, and then I'd have to program it in a computer to make sure they could get into our door, mm-hmm. and all that coordination with it was kind of like being a little bit of like a landlord type of thing and right. office management, but combined with then recruiting. And so it was a, it touched on a lot of different areas, which I like, cause I like to, I like to know everything a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, obviously engineering, it, I should know quite a bit there over my years, but getting to know a little bit, everything on the business aspect of the leases and the negotiations we had there and then negotiating with vendors on furniture stuff and seeing what they could do for us there and then recruiting. So it was, it was great. I felt like I learned so much on, areas beyond the engineering yeah it's and like it's like being a site gm basically kind of, i mean a little mini i would say yeah, yeah. but uh because the interesting aspect is i didn't have you know my own pnl yeah, to, right. to base off of so i always felt like i was always asking someone come on give me give me one person to put <laughs> to put in or can i buy this thing for the yeah. lab and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that but um but it was great i mean and i got the other part is just networking with the different GMs and the different divisions and getting sure. to know each of the divisions and each of their products as well. So on the engineering side, that was, that was a huge benefit and prepared me very well, I think, for, for coming in with this transition. Before that, you were at Amphenol Alden mm-hmm. in Brockton, Massachusetts. And we've, I think you might be now like the third person in a row <laughs> that either works at Alden or had a relationship yeah. with Alden. Of course, our GM here in Sydney also was the GM in Alden. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? How did you get involved with Amphenol Alden? And uh, just talk a little bit about that yeah. experience working there. Yeah, actually, Amphenol Alden was a supplier of mine when I was at St. Jude Medical, which is a okay. medical device OEM in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we developed products for um, diagnosing and treating atrial fibrillation. And so I was the main mechanical engineer, and I was responsible for all connectors and cable assemblies. Mm. And Amphenol Alden was the connector we had on the front panel of our main capital equipment that, yeah. that the nurses, the doctors see and use basically every day. So it was a big portion of that piece of equipment. And the the sales manager I was working with, you know, had asked me if I if I knew anybody that could be an applications role for Amphenol Alden. And mm. I told him I was interested and it kind of went from there. At that time, Dave Silverman was the GM and went through the interview process and ended up working out. And so I was based in my home office in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and, uh, started working with the sales team to try to help um, on the applications engineering side and helping kind of pair up products with 
um, the needs of the customers. And Anfield Alden is a little bit different than here in that it's it's a lot more value add kind of focus with the cable assembly right. almost. Right. They don't sell really any connectors without a cable on top of it. So right. it makes everything like a custom part number. And so it was a lot of that working with them. And then eventually I took over the central region in sales. Mm-hmm. Sales engineering, I called it, but I had the management of central region customers, mm-hmm. the, just a handful, I guess, um, but a handful of big ones. And one of them was the one I used to work for in St. Jude Medical. So it was it was great learning experience on that as far as the sales side, because I had never done that before. Yeah. And so then, I mean, it kind of, I, I wanted to get more back into the detailed engineering. Yeah. And it was a similar situation, actually, as here with the rich transition. And the, the current director of engineering wanted to, take back to a more uh, technical lead role. Mm-hmm. And um, I was lucky enough to get, be given the opportunity to step in and, and take over the director role. And it was awesome. I mean, the team there is great. I learned so much from so many different people there. And, and it was a really good time to, to learn and develop with that team. And a lot of, we had a lot of success in the growth and the development. Ryan was there when I first yeah. started for the director. He actually had transitioned in. So I learned a lot from Ryan in that time and a lot of the executive team there at Alden. So was it similar to here where you have you have some people that have been here 40, 45 yep. years that have just been through they've forgotten more than you'll probably <laughs> ever know. know. Yeah. Um at, do you have the same experience at Alden that you Absolutely. have here? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean yeah. it was a they were acquired I think early 2000s. Yeah. Um but they have a number of people, the engineers and across the board that were there for 35, a few people that I know were in the 30 to 40 range mm-hmm. there. I mean, probably a, more than a few, a handful. So it was a very, it used to be a family owned company and then it yeah. developed into, which, which makes sense with the Amphenol model. And a lot of those people stayed on and it, it still ran a lot like that, but with a little bit more resources, a little bit more uh, brand behind it, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, so it was a mix of a lot of people that had all that background and knowledge and then some new people coming in and it was just a great, um, great mix of people to, to work together on a, a much smaller team than it is here overall, much easier to navigate on the operational and, um, you know, revenue side. But, um, it was, it was, yeah, it was great as far as, but it was a good mix like we have here now. Yeah. You have a good mix of the older, the, the older generation working on the products that started these products and yeah. then the new ones kind of making the, the next generation products and the working with the, the existing products. So it's, it was, it was a perfect place to learn. So we'll keep going backwards. We're going mm-hmm. backwards in this one. <laughs> um, you, you said you were at St. Jude's and from Minnesota, yep. right? So you were you originally born, raised in Minnesota, Minnesota Northern Minnesota. If you know, Northern, if, if, you, if you know where Fargo, North Dakota is yeah. across the red river of the North and on the Minnesota side, which is called Moorhead, Minnesota. So Southern Canada, basically. <laughs> essentially, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah, yep. So what was uh, you go from Minnesota to Boston to mm-hmm. Pasadena to Sydney, not Australia, but New York. New York. So, yeah, that's that's quite a lot of moving around. But what was yeah. it like growing up in Minnesota? It was cold. Yeah, um, but especially this time of year. <laughs> oh man, Fargo Moorhead's got to be the coldest place in the United States, at least. Yeah. Uh, it, it's no true, you know, no hills and not a lot of trees. And so the, it was in a valley and the wind just comes in and it's just, right. just brutal. Cold. Nothing so, to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but other than that, it was, it was great. I mean, it's a small, it's, I would consider it very similar to the size of, uh, like the Binghamton area mm-hmm. here for those of you who know, but it was, it was good. I mean, 
I love Minnesota to my core, I yeah. guess, as far as I follow all the sports teams and <laughs> all my family and friends are from there. Yeah. Um, it's a great place to grow up and a lot of stuff to do outside. So it's very similar to here as far as like the outdoorsness of it and the lakes. I mean, obviously the lakes are a big thing in Minnesota you hear right. about. And, um, but then I went to the university of the university of Minnesota as well. So I was very much Minnesota centric yeah, for my I, first 24 five or 28 years of my life so. yeah i guess it's it's definitely ingrained yeah. it's the what's the what's the state's nickname land of Ten Thousand lakes yes yes which is more like what like twelve thousand or something uh, like that. it's a lot of lakes but it depends <laughs> on what i mean wisconsin says they have more lakes than we do but they yeah. consider a lake like a puddle is a lake to wisconsin so oh <laughs> shots fired at wisconsin <laughs> my wife's from wisconsin so i'm allowed to say that <laughs> okay <laughs> no, that's great how did you get into engineering is it just something you always loved as a kid or did you, you yeah. kind of develop into it later on? You know, I didn't know that I loved it, yeah. I guess, but I loved understanding how things work was my biggest thing. Right. And sometimes that made me take things apart and uh, I can never get it back. I'm not as good with my hands and putting things back together, but I love finding out how thought okay. things work. Good. Maybe I should have been in I'm great at taking stuff apart. <laughs> <laughs> horrible at putting stuff back yeah. together yeah. i just i don't have the uh, fine motor skills i don't think I, yeah. whatever it is but um it so i just love that aspect of it and i did a mentorship pr program in in high school that we had a program for that my friends like uncle worked for case um the big equip heavy equipment yeah. Yeah, manufacturer yeah. and i went there and Learned a little bit about that stuff. It, it, was, like it was my junior or senior year of high school and got into the 3D CAD modeling at that point. Mm, and mm -hmm. I, the first thing I did was a, I see a coffee mug across from me and that's the first thing I modeled. And, and, yeah. it, and it, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. So it was kind of a mix of, you know, finding out things that work does it, and, and figuring out how to make new things work. And then also the modeling and getting your hands on, on that type of stuff. So that's what drove it. Mm -hmm. And so it was, from that point on, it was just, it seemed obvious to me to go to engineering school hmm. and i just i applied to the university of minnesota is the only place i wanted to go really and so luckily i got in and uh it just went from there i guess and uh, so through the university and, and getting more involved into the the details of engineering the math the science the physics and but the modeling and the application i think is more important to me than the kind of the basic obviously you need to know the basics right 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 but i I got to roll up so, your sleeves. Yeah, and get exactly. Your hands dirty. It wasn't yeah. so as much. Uh, University of Minnesota is a very much a theory-based school, so mm. but so not a lot of application-based. So where I got that from was like internships and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's what I was most focused on on the on the modeling and understanding how to develop products and designs and things like that. So um, so that's kind of how it all all went. But I just kind of fell into it. I mean, I never really thought of it until I got into high school. My mom, mm. I think, suggested it at one point about. You know, maybe engineering, I'm good at math and science. So, and I like to take things apart. Yeah. I broke, and I broke a lot of things. So they were naturally already taken apart. So I could look inside of them too. So, so that's kind of how it all, all got together. And now you're moving or still in the process, process. of transitioning to yep. upstate New York. Um, I know your family's not here yet, but, mm -hmm. and, and you've been here before. I yeah. mean, not oh, living yeah. obviously, but certainly been here a number of times. What are you looking forward to about this area of the country? Yeah, it'd be a good mix, I think, because it's it's close to a lot of. I mean, in the east, it's things are much more tightly packed, so you can go to so many. Everything's different areas, drivable, right? Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. drivable. Yeah. Um, so I we like that about Boston, but here it's you know you're not dead in the city. You're it's very similar to home. Mm -hmm. type, you have the home feel. The people are very you know friendly and welcoming, very similar to home as well. Um, 
so we're i'm excited about that i'm i'm really excited about the the opportunity in the business and and then there's a lot of great places for you know i have a two-year-old daughter and so having her come here it seems like a really good area to grow up in as far as that's concerned as well yeah um so the the living kind of feeling like home a little bit but then also being able to go to different places around new york city and yeah. uh, the the finger lakes and the great lakes and if you want to you can go out to the beach and stuff like that so it's being able to go around there it is will be will be great for here there'll be the difference again in the seasons which will be yes. you know california is just either warm or hot essentially <laughs> yeah. um so we like the i like the spring as everything comes back alive so yeah. seeing that i mean me we're not as fond of the winter, but we embrace it. My daughter yeah. definitely is an outdoor uh, person or child, and she yeah. loves being out there. So there's it's just a lot of variability, which is is kind of nice. It's not it's not the same, but I mean, California was great. I'm not yeah. going to lie about that. But it's it's the opportunity and kind of the newness and the the challenge of making all these things happen that me and my wife really have enjoyed over the years that we've been together as well. So obviously, with moving a number of different places, it's it's ex- it's exciting for sure. So we'll wrap this up. And since you've listened to these before, you know, maybe what's coming here. This You're is still... what I was most happy about that. I've been listening to podcasts recently about okay. so, so, so I you can know prepare a little bit, hopefully. We send you to a deserted island by yourself <laughs> yep. and we allow you one album to bring. That album would be Go. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. And I, It's an interesting answer, I think, because it, it probably is a little out of ordinary but i was thinking of back in high school like the first time i actually started listening to albums really i guess yeah and uh the dr dre 2001 album is probably the one that that i listened to the most back then i mean there's a number of them but that's one that i thought that i thought of would be interesting so some hip-hop yeah yeah i mean i like all types of music i really do um so that's that's why it made this really hard because i (laughs) i go from one thing to the next yeah um so but that's like if i had to choose one if it wasn't you know a mix of a bunch of maybe it would be a mix of one of my mixtape CDs from high school if I could choose that, but I, that might be outside the rules. Nah, it'll be uh, that's that's stretching. <laughs> that's stretching because you can you can uh, yeah you can get away with too much that way. But yep. Still Dre, the song Still Dre yes. from that album is one of my my favorite rap oh, songs really? of all time. Oh, yeah. I love that song. All right, so book. Uh, this is this was also really tough for me because I don't like to read a book more than once. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. So. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be on an island, I should probably learn how to be on an island. So like shipbuilding or scavenging for food or something come in my mind. But I guess in the end, I I like to learn about a lot of different things uh, outside of engineering and things like we talked about. And so the one I'm reading right now is probably the one I'd bring. I just got started on it. It's called Common Sense with Mutual Funds, I think, with by the Vanguard founder. So I guess I'd, I'd start there since that's what I'm currently reading. Definitely not a sexy answer. No, I, I, yeah, okay, yeah, you helped me out there because I wasn't sure how to respond to that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow, that's the one you go with? But okay. Just Um, because I'm reading it currently and I don't want to read any book, I've already already read it before again. All right, fair enough. Um, And the final one is movie. Um, Now I'm I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, With Matt Damon in Boston with... Oh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, absolutely. Goodwill Hunting. Yep. Okay. One of my all-time favorites. That's one I I will watch movies over again, and I have to with my two-year-old daughter because we watch uh, the same one every weekend mostly. But yeah. Goodwill Hunting, I could watch anytime. Yeah, for sure. That's a great one. 
That's definitely great. And, you know, if you were in Boston, then I guess maybe you, you get it a little bit. Yeah. More. Now, I, I, it was very interesting when I when we moved to Boston about that aspect of it, for <laughs> sure. Watching it over again was unique, yeah. uh, a different experience, I guess. Well, Braden, thank you very yeah. much for doing this. And uh, best of luck in the new role. Thank I you. know there's a lot to learn, but I'm sure you'll do great. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, thanks for doing this. It's been great listening to all these. I, I, I ca- caught up a little bit on it. I mean, it's really impressive how how you keep up with it and how, how it's been going. And I've learned a lot from it. So I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Thank and you. I'll be seeing more of you in the, in the coming months. For yeah, sure. I know. Yeah, you're down the hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks again. I appreciate it.